Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. This is how the birth of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, hmm... Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quickly. But after he had considered this in his heart, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, that's huge. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Hey, in the second installment of the the Christmas Feels, we're going to call this message the Christmas Feels Part 2. The Christmas Feels, the Christmas Feels Part 2. Let's pray. Um, Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to be in your presence. Um, Father, speak to us. In this season, Lord God, where mental health is is hard, Lord God, and stress, anxiety, um, these things are so prevalent, Lord. A lot of us are so tired, Lord Jesus. It took us a lot to even get out of bed um, and and muscle through the the dreariness of the day, Lord God, and, and the rain. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that today you would speak to us, whether we're here in person or we're watching online. Speak to our hearts, Lord God, and help us, Father, as we navigate through the Christmas fields. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in his place? Awesome. Hey, the Christmas fields. Life is all about angles. I think life is all about angles. And we, we know this because it's the way that you look at something, you know what I mean, determines really what it is. Uh, ladies, you know this very, very well. The world that I lived in, um, as I mentioned before, if I had this Hot Wheels set, I'd be the man. But the world that I live in, we used to take one picture, you know what I mean? And everybody had, you had to suck your stomach in, you know, put your right, this is my good side. Remember we used to call it my good side. And you could only, because you only had one shot at this thing. Now good. you have the phone and it's like, you could take 48 different pictures and you're like, let me see which way I look good today. And you could do whatever angle, but you got an angle. And some of the ladies, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You can't take a picture straight up. You don't like that. My face looks round. Don't do that. I got to go to the side. Fellas, we, the fellas, we're the, we're the same way. It's all about angles. Like, that's the reason why we have our couch that nobody can sit in, our lazy boy, whatever it is, and it's angled. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is my perfect angle. And you get mad at. Most of the conversations that me and my kids have, and by conversations, I mean I punch them in the face, is that, we, is that they can't sit on my side because this is my side. I like to look at my TV. I have an angle. I think everything has an angle. The way you look at things, the way the angle in which you look at it defines so much of what this thing actually is. In fact, some of us are driving and when you're driving, it's all about the angles because when you're on empty for some of us, some of y'all, you put gas at a quarter tank and some of y'all, when the light comes on, you're like, oh my God, I got to put, but you know, some of the other special people who don't care about what the light says, you know, your car, it's an angle. You look at it, you know what I mean? But if you look at it in a different angle, you got a little bit more to go, right? I saw this, I saw this, uh, I saw this meme, I saw this meme online and it was like, you know, you're empty, but it's all about the angles. It's all about the angles. I mean, you just look at it just for a little bit. If you're able to look at a Rick, 
and Juan, we got, we got some seats over here for you guys. Come here so you can shop me down. It's all about the angles. Somebody say it's all about the angles. It's all about the angles. I like looking at the angles and it, it changes stuff. What we tried to do last week is that we tried to unpack the idea of when we look at mental health, not looking at it from a standpoint where it is a stigma where it is a weakness to you. What we wanted you to do is look at it differently where it's actually a warning signal. It actually begins to show you, hey, these are some things that are going wrong with my life. My wife mentioned these glasses don't make us weak. What it does is that they help weak areas to become strong if I put them on. But you're never looking at me and saying, oh my God, you're blind, you're weak. No. And so the same thing happens with our brains. And there are things that we need in our own mind so that it can be strong because for some of us, the word weak, I know it, it seems like it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm going to say the word unhealthy. Our brains can be unhealthy. And so what we talked about last week was that there was nine different reasons as you cross through not only in the church, but outside of the church, sacred and secular studies that have been done by psychologists and different medical doctors. There are nine different reasons as to why mental health is so prevalent or why it appears in your life. Less Close to 80% of those reasons are lifestyle choices. Only two of those reasons are actual physical, which the nine reasons are your genetics and your DNA. You can't help that. And then there's brain changes that happen in your mind. But then there's seven other reasons as to why we struggle with mental health that have to do with lifestyle choices. Meaningless talk, meaningless values, priorities, comparison, ruminating thoughts, the inability to process pain in a healthy way, isolation and loneliness and spiritual warfare. And so here's the thought. We truly believe that when there is chemical imbalance, when there are things in your life that you're struggling with when it comes to mental health, there are doctors that you can see. There are individuals that you can have conversations about this. And for some of us, we need to take some type of medication because it has to do with our imbalance. Well, Chino, I'm a, I bless the Lord. I don't believe in medication. Cool. Then here's what you do. There's seven other reasons why you struggle with mental health. You can pray all you want to, but if you keep going to, to, to McDonald's and getting 38 McChickens throughout the week, you can't Keep staying up till four o'clock in the morning and then getting up at seven in the, in the morning to go to work, you're going to struggle with these things. I don't care how much you pray. Right. Oh, well, Chino, that's a lot. Chino, you can't say that. <laughs> I actually can say that because I've lived through that and I've asked God, Lord, why is it that I'm living with this? Why do I have this burden? And God had to show me, number one, you got to stop. You're going a hundred miles an hour and you're doing things that I didn't ask you to do. And then you're asking me to remove a burden that I didn't put there. So here's the deal. What we did last week is that we try to give you another angle. What are there some lifestyle choices, some things that you can actually do to better your mental health? And today, I think it's really interesting that we're going to take five different ways or five habits as we head into the holidays. Yeah, so as we're heading into the holidays, it's um, important that we do some things, take practical steps. And that's why we're going to give you these healthy habits that we're going to go through. Um, when he was reading in, in Matthew it said that um, Joseph uh, had a dream, right? So if you think about that, Joseph was going through some, some big time things, man. If, if, you, if you were engaged and all of a sudden your partner is like, I, uh, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's from the Holy Spirit. Like, come on, you're going to be thinking, no, this ain't right. This ain't real. I'm done. I can't deal with this. And there would be an emotional explosion that's happening within inside of you. So Joseph was a man. He had all those feelings. He had all those emotions. Just because he's in the Bible, it doesn't mean he didn't feel those things. So as he's feeling these things, 
I found it weird that he's like actually just sleeping through it. Okay, well, that could have been a mechanism, who knows, whatever, but he was sleeping through it. And what, what I, I gathered out of that is there's a healthy habit. When you're going through some stuff, just like Joseph was going through some stuff, sometimes it's important that we phys- our physical bodies, that we take care of them. And the first thing would be to rest. He, he went and he slept, and that's where God dealt with it. He rested. He was still. He said, you know what? I'm going to figure out a way to do this in my mind, which was to divorce her quietly and not let shame come upon her, not let her be stoned to death because that was what would happen in those times for someone who was um, um, in that situation. But, but he said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do, and then I'm just going to go and rest in that because God... God has a purpose and a plan through this. And he went and he rested. And, and that is where we find ourselves because we, sometimes we're going through so much stuff. We're not designed to go 24-7. We're not designed to continue and continue in these, these thoughts and these ideas. We need to build some habits. When we're struggling and we're going through things emotionally, we need to rest. Psalms 90.12 says, Let, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. If we don't prioritize, prioritize our lives, somebody else will. And if someone else isn't doing, then our minds and our thoughts and the ruminating things will continue to prioritize our lives. We need to do some homework. And so we're going to go through these five practical things. And at the end of each of these things, we're going to give you a quick little uh, homework, things that we've tried, things that we've done that might help you. So when you're, when, you're, when you're making this first habit of like taking care of your physical body by sleeping, resting, by doing some sort of self-care or something, there's a homework. Schedule a nap. Right now, for me, I could schedule a nap. That, we should have an altar call. Right now, done. This message is over. Right? I just need to schedule a nap. How many of y'all like naps? How many of y'all your nap people? Praise the Lord. How many of y'all hate naps? How many of y'all hate naps? (laughs) It's only two of y'all. The only reason they hate naps is because they're sitting in the back instead of sitting in the front. And and I know why y'all like naps because y'all are here in the the, the first service scene. That means y'all are the early birds. So by around three or four o'clock, you need a nap, okay? That's all right. We're good. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Okay, another thing you can do is fight for a Sabbath. Take a day that you're saying, this is my Sabbath, my day of rest. It doesn't mean that you have to sleep the whole day. It doesn't mean you don't do anything the whole day. It just means take a day where you're not thinking about all the things that are are in your life. Don't think about work. Don't think about what I have to do. Don't think about this. You know, take something to have, take some time to have a Sabbath, some self-care. Another thing, take a night, uh, uh, a walk at night. We, We like to do that. Well, we, we have to get back into the habit, babe, because we used to do it when we lived at our old house. The kids and us, we would, after school, we'd get together and we'd take a, a walk Especially during around the COVID. neighborhood. During COVID, oh, yeah, during COVID, we were like professional huge. walkers. And then we had this thing called HYB. <laughs> HYB. That means that when you're walking and somebody else is walking towards you or behind you, around you, we would say HYB, HYB. It means hold your breath so we don't catch COVID. <laughs> Uh, another thing you can do is uh, another habit for your physical body is exercise and, and eating right. Well, you know what? Go contact David Chisholm. I don't know where he is right now, but uh, he's here. He's the one that plays bass and he does meal plans for people. 
he actually provides food too where you can actually purchase from him and he'll give you the meals. Talk with him. Join a gym. Do something. These are just like some practical things you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here, here's the truth. The second one is spiritual, right? Physical is the first one. Habits. Physically get yourself right. Get your body right. But then spiritual is the second one, right? Here's the reason why we put them in that order. Because I don't know how much I receive from God when I'm dead tired. Do you know that one of the top excuses or the top reasons why people cannot get or find themselves in a deeper relationship with God? One of the top reasons is because they're tired. In the morning, man, I'm too tired to get up and pray. At night, man, I'm too tired. I just want to sit here and watch TV. I want to turn my brain off. And it's a cycle in which we find ourselves in and we're just too tired. And it's one of the reasons. But I truly believe that it was important. That, and I think it was beautiful that God showed us that, yo, this is when God spoke to him. God spoke to him when he was able to shut his mind off and be able to relax. And here it is that he, though he was in a dream, God spoke to him directly. God speaks to us when we stop thinking. Now, here's the truth. When I look at this scripture, one of the questions that I ask myself is, I want to have a deeper relationship with God. I don't want to wait till January 1st. How do I have a deeper, how do I cultivate a deeper relationship with God right now? Today, when I leave, after I take a nap, because I want you to take a nap, that's scheduled prescription from the pastors, and then, you know, go get something to eat and then take another nap. You're totally fine. It's okay. But here's the truth. For some of us, you got to go to work and you're like, I wish. Okay, well, whenever you have a day off, take a nap. But right now, this is a, one of the prescriptions. But here's the thought. For us to have a deeper relationship with God, I'm going to give you three quick things that I believe this is how we can cultivate our relationship with God. Number one, these might seem very basic to you. In fact, you might even be doing this at a level, but there's somebody who's next to you that is not doing it at the same level that you do. So stand with us and write these down because there are seasons of your life where these are going to be high and then there's seasons of your life where these are going to be low. Number one is prayer. You got to have a time of prayer. And when I say prayer, I mean prayer speaking to God, but actually letting God speak to you. And that means through the word of God. And so what you want to do with that is that you want to plan three things that you want to do. You want to plan it. If you don't plan, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. If you don't plan it and say, hey, at this time in the morning, I'm going to get up or at this time in the afternoon, it's going to you're going to fail. So create a plan. Create a place. Find a place for you to be able to do it where you're like, in this place is exactly where I'm going to do it. And finally, practice it. Um, Atomic Habits, we're going to do a study um, on this book that I love, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about how we can have real good habits in our life. And one of the things that he says is that whenever you have, whenever you, you practice these things, right, you implement them. The more that you do it, the easier that it becomes for you to be able to do it. But you got to have a plan. You got to have a place and you have to be able to practice it. Practicing means I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to fail, but I'm not going to fail two days in a row. I'm only going to fail one day. I'm going to fail today. I'm going to fail one day. I'm going to get back on it the next day. So have practice. Keep practicing. And number two, um, well, before I get to number two, Psalms 46, verse 10, verse 10 says, this is the key, y'all. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So prayer is always going to develop a closeness, a deeper relationship with God. Worship. There are times in my life, I don't necessarily, number two is worship. I don't necessarily deal with depression, but I do get distressed. And there are times in my life where I get distressed, where it feels like everything is at the same time and it's piling on me. In those moments, what I do personally is that I put on worship music. I don't listen to the worship music. I try to sing the worship music. And it could be at any time you see me stressed out. And if you go to my office while I'm working on the TV, 
24-7. While I'm in that office, I'm listening to worship music because while I'm living in a space of stress because I'm dealing with Christmas, right, and the gifts, but I'm also dealing with this person that told me that this is happening in their family. I'm also having conversations with people and walking them through different things. I'm not telling you this, oh my God, the pastor, poor guy. I don't want none of that. That's that, I was signed up for this. I'm, I was made for this. But that creates a stress on you. Some of us have jobs that we understand how it piles up on us. Well, the way that I deal with it is, man, I love to listen to worship. And I feel like the moment that I listen to worship, something clicks inside of me. Watch this. Psalm 22, Psalm 22, verse 3. It says, and I want to read it from the King James Version. It says, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the prayers of Israel. I wanted to read it in this version because I wanted that word inhabitants or that word inhabit. That word inhabit is yashab. That's the word in Hebrew, yashab. The word yashab means sit down, to make yourself a dwelling, to live there. And what it's saying in this verse right here is that God, you are holy and you live in the middle of our praises. So whenever you feel like, man, I'm distressed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm praying, Chino, and I just don't feel God coming. Turn on worship. Begin to sing to God. And where you feel like you can't go to God, God will begin to inhabit your praises. And all of a sudden, he'll find himself in the midst of your songs and you'll start to feel a release. I feel peace in those moments. And it's an exchange that God does, but it's a promise that he has given us. And then the last one, so prayer, worship, and then the last one is church. Psalm 73, verse 16 and 17, it says, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. For some of us, we know what it is that our life is going haywire. And we're like, man, I just got to go back to church. And then when you go to church, you're just like, man, that felt good. It's like going to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. I hate everybody at the gym. I don't like this place. But something happens when you leave the gym that you're like, man, I needed that. That's what church is. Church is a space where you can come in, take your mask off, be real, not only receive things to fill you up, but receive things to spill you out so that when you get out of here, you can be a blessing to others. But the thought is that when you walk into this place, you'll watch as God begins to do the work in your life. I was deeply troubled until I entered the sanctuary of God. We look for God in the dynamic, but God mostly is found in the intimate. We're trying to look for this big explosion but God is just looking for the quiet time to spend with you. Hey, homework, write this down. Real simple things to do. I would ask you to pray 15 minutes a day. Uh, for some of us, we pray for hours a day. That's good. But if you don't pray at all, man, just pray 15 minutes. Make it a, a habit. Every day, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. You can separate 15 minutes because 15 minutes is going to turn to 20. 20 is going to turn to 30. 30 is going to turn to an hour, whatever that is. But right now, if you're not praying at all, start with just the goal of 15 minutes. Read at least one Proverbs a day. There's 31 Proverbs, one Proverbs for each day. Just read one chapter of Proverbs. For some of us, we're a step ahead. Soap. Greater.church slash soap. Read the soap journal. It's about four chapters a day. Um, and then make a playlist. This is a very practical one. Make a playlist. If you have Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, if you're still on MySpace, whatever it is, I want you to, I want you to make a playlist of some of the best worship music that you like. And I have some worship music that's like aggressive, militant. I have some worship music that's just gospel and it's super repetitive. And then I have some of that, hallelujah, like, you know what I mean? Some of that soft stuff that I just need it because I need, to, I need to calm down. And I have these playlists and these songs because I need them. So I'm going to ask you to create a playlist. And in that playlist, here's a challenge because some of us already have that playlist. Here's a challenge. At least once a day, 
once a day. Men, we struggle with this a little bit more than women. But once a day, listen to one song, but don't just listen to it. Sing it. Sing it to God. You can know it. It could be an old song. It could be a new song, but sing it to God. And I know it's tough. Like, oh, I don't like singing. Who cares? Worship God. And I promise you, watch how he shifts things and watch how your spiritual life becomes a great habit. Yeah, that's good. So we have our physical bodies that we're taking care of. We need our spiritual side to be taken care of. And the next thing um, that we need to do is, is take care of our, our identity. If you're reading in Matthew, he, he says that the angel came to him and said, son of David. But if you, if you look at who Joseph was, Joseph was the son of Heli. If you read in Luke 3.23, you can uh, put it up on the screen. It says, now Jesus himself began his ministry about 30 years ago. I'm sorry, at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. So Joseph was actually the son of Heli. That is, was his father's name. So why did the angel come to him and say, son of David? That was kind of weird to me. And I was thinking, I was like, well, what, why did that happen? Well, because when the angel came to him, he was telling Joseph, there is something bigger. His identity was formed in something bigger. There was a bigger plan behind his identity. He was saying that, Joseph, you are part of something bigger. He says, when, when we look at ourselves, when we look at all of our mistakes, when we look at all of our weaknesses, we can get caught up in that. We don't have any purpose or any plan. Or our identity is just the son of Healy. Or just, I'm just my father's son. And, and, the, and, and what the angel was saying is that, that there is a, a bigger story and a bigger plan. Because your identity might be shaped by your past or who your father was, but Jesus writes a new story for us. And that's what the angel was telling Joseph in this moment. And, and, and if you, for yourself, know that Jesus has, has, has a new story for you, then, then we can realize that it, it's not just what's happening right here and right now. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Mary, she got engaged, right? She got engaged to Joseph, but now she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, by God. That, that's kind of hard. This, is, this, this kind of thing is a potential to mess Joseph up completely. It, it's, it's a, things happen in our lives that like, we're like, oh, I'm on this track. I'm engaged. I'm going to do good. And then, and then now she's pregnant. And that just ruined everything, all my plans. And Satan, sometimes what he does in those moments, and I'm sure he did it with Joseph as well, is he begins to distort his identity. He begins to tell, well, you know, this always happens to you. And, and that's just who you are. And you'll always be that loser. You'll always be the one that someone takes advantage of. You'll always be the one someone cheats on you with. And it starts to talk about your identity in that way. And then it can, and he does that because it, dis, it derails your, your destiny. When the, when the enemy starts distorting your identity, he's, his job, his, what he's trying to do is, is to take you off track. When you talk about derail, derailing, it's think about a train who's on the tracks. And then you hear, oh, tragic, tragic accident, train derailed and a bunch of people. It's because it went off track. And that's what the enemy tries to do when he attacks your identity. And he begins to tell you, 
I'm going to distort what's going to happen so that you can no longer see the destiny. So the angel, what he was doing when he said son of David was he was bringing Joseph back to the idea of who his identity was. It goes way beyond who your father was. It goes all the way back to son of David and what was prophesied in the Old Testament about who Jesus is. And he brought forth that. So no, you're not, you're not that messed up. You're blessed. You're not being cheated on and, and, and this is a big thing that brings shame upon you. No, you're whole. You have strength. There is, there is enough. You are enough. And I've called you, Joseph, to be the father of Jesus. How crazy is that? So when things don't look or appear the way, find out what your identity is. What did God create you to be? Who did he say you were? Go back to that so that you don't get distorted by what the enemy is telling you in your life at this moment. So some homework. Go back and ask yourself this question during the week and just think about it. Where have I been derailed? Where have I allowed the enemy to distort my identity? And then the second thing you want to ask yourself is how can you do one thing to get back on track? So if he's attacking you and your thoughts, you know what? Get that Bible verse that says, take my thoughts captive and I'll make them obedient to who Christ Jesus says I am. So I, I'm feeling like I suck. Well, Jesus says I am beautiful and I can do it and I am enough. That's your homework for today. Where have you derailed? And how can I do one thing to just get back on track? That's good. Yeah, so, so we're, we're, we're talking about five healthy habits to have during the holidays. Physical, it's spiritual, your identity, root your identity in Jesus. And then the fourth one is to find purpose. I think when, when you're talking about Joseph, Joseph, as my wife mentioned, all hell broke loose in his life for all stretches of the imagination. This man is about to marry this woman. She's pregnant by the Holy Ghost. It's a lot going on in this season. And the angel, he he finally rests. The angel speaks to him words from God and then he shifts his identity. You're no longer, you're not just the son of Healy. You're a part of something so much more bigger. Joseph, son of David. That was a huge title to use when you speak to somebody. It showed them they come from a lineage. They come from something so much more bigger than themselves. But then he says, hey, I don't want you to divorce her. I want you to raise this child and you're going to name him Jesus. He gave him a purpose. And so in our personal life, a healthy habit is find purpose. And for some of us, man, find purpose in your job. Find purpose. Find something that you can say, here's a great purpose. Make sure that you sign up on Saturday to come out there, not just to pass out gifts or to run a bounce house, but I need you to have a conversation with a parent that comes in that might not be able to provide something for their children for you to tell them, you are enough, as my wife said. You are whole. You are complete. Everything that you need, God has already given you. And so that you can be a minister of reconciliation, you're not giving people a handout. You're handing them Jesus. And so find a purpose. At church, that's the reason why we have teams, all these things, so that you can find a purpose in it. Uh, anybody who knows me, they know I got this trusty whiteboard. That junk ain't even white no more. I've used yeah. this so much. That, that whiteboard, if you meet with me, we're using that whiteboard. And I'm going to show you. We're going to plan this whole thing out and I'm going to write it out. Because here's what I believe. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered and said to me, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who reads it may run with it. Or that he may run who reads it. So there's a reason why you write these things down. If you don't write the dream, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to go in your mind and you're driving. You're like, oh my God, this is the greatest idea. But by the time you got home, how many of us remember it? We forgot no, it. It's gone. 
We forgot it completely. We're like, man, I wanted to do this. What was it that I wanted to do? Dang, I should have. A great prophet once taught me, the smallest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Victor Franco, my wife talked about him last, last week. He was the, the guy that counseled all of the Holocaust victims. 100% of them were suicide patients and wanted to commit suicide. We're dealing with depression, anxiety, so many of these things. He said, people have enough to live by, but nothing to live for. They have means, but they have no meaning. Jesus, Joseph, here's your purpose. I want you to get married with her. I want you to raise Jesus. Here's my homework. Please do this. Fight for this. Listen to me. Take a day, even if it's just eight hours, whatever it is, take a day to just dream again. Yeah. Grab a notebook and just think, just spitball. Hey, these are, these are things that I've always wanted to do and just write them down. My wife mentioned this at the beginning of the day. If you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. Sears, Birdines, <laughs> Amazon, your people, the, the Atlanta Falcons, they're going to prioritize your time and they're going to prioritize your life. You have to take complete control of this thing. Take a day to dream. Yeah, so five healthy habits. Physical, spiritual, your identity, and purpose. And the last one I want to talk about is relationships. It said, it said in the, in, in, in the, the, the angel told Joseph to take Mary as your wife. And then he goes on to say he will save his people from their sins. Chino, he, you know, he, the other day we were, we went to uh, my daughter. She had like a STEM type of thing, Christmas party thing at her school. And it was great. And we were there. But uh, we ran into Jason and Allison, our dear friends. Um, they, uh, their son goes to the same school. Allison actually works at the school with them. And we were hanging out with them. And we were just talking. And Chino's having a conversation with their oldest son, little Jason. And he was just talking to him and he was talking about school and how's it going because he's now in a new school because um, he's a sixth grader and he left the elementary school. So he was talking to him. He's like, hey, um, what's what's going on with you? How's school? School is great. And he says, um, he says, well, uh, what about your friends? Like, do you miss your friends from here? Because we were reminiscing about Baker and we even had church there several years ago. So we were talking about all kinds of stuff. He's like, do you miss your friends from Baker? And he was like, yeah, man, I miss, uh, sometimes I think I wanted to go to the, you know, the feeder school, the middle school that would be going, which would be Barber. And sometimes I wish I would have gone there, but you know, I mean, I'm at ET booth and it's really, really great there. And I, I, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. And then Chino's like, well, well, you know, you have new friends, right? And he's like, oh yeah, I got bunches of new friends. Everything is great because this is how it works. And this is what was happening when it came to marrying uh, Joseph marrying Mary, is that new seasons bring new relationships. All right? Sometimes you got to go to new things. Sometimes you got to take the risk. It was a risk for Joseph to marry her and believe that the angel came to him and it was real. It was a choice he had to make. And it would have been, and, it, and from the outside looking in and from the, the having to take the step forward, it was a little bit scary. But it was a new season. And it was something that he needed to trust God through. And through that, it brought a new relationship. And just like, like Jason, had to, he had to be open to go to the new school and meet new friends. So having relationships with people, sometimes it's difficult. 
Sometimes you're in a season coming to a new church or, or, or going to a new job and it's difficult to say, oh, but I don't want to meet these people or I don't want to hang out with them or I don't want to go to a G group. I don't know anybody there. But God is saying, take the effort because a new season, a new season of G groups or a new season of going to a new church or a new season of going to a new job, it's going to bring a new relationship. So you have to be open to relationships. You have to be open to the idea that if, if God is asking you or, 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 or leading you towards something, take the step and be open to, to what he has from that. Joseph was open and he opened himself up to, to marrying her by faith, by having Jesus to raise Jesus. But it opened up so many things for him. It opened up that he was the father of the living God. How crazy is that? It's so amazing to think that if we can just get ourselves to understand that there are just five things, that if we can focus on the five things that God is putting in front of us today, that we can bring ourselves to a, a better mental position. And that when we're struggling, we'll have friends that might be able to help us in that. So our homework, schedule a lunch or a coffee date with someone that you want to learn from. Hey, you know what? I'm struggling in this area and I don't know if they're struggling, but they always seem like the happiest person on earth. And I feel kind of depressed all the time. They're always super positive and I'm always struggling. I want to go have coffee with them because I want to see what makes them do that. And, and what I can tell you is when you go talk to that person, they say, hey, is, is life perfect for you? No, my life kind of sucks here and there. But this is what I do when it does. And they use these habits and they use these tricks and they can teach you that. Have someone, make, make an effort because the new season, maybe walking with that person is going to bring you out of a bad emotional state that you're in. It's absolutely great. We're, we're talking about five healthy habits to have, especially during the holidays, right? You, you want to have a physical habit, like get your body in tune. We mentioned, make sure you hit up Chiz Fit, hit up David Chisholm. Like, get your meal plans in order. He actually works people out, too. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Personal trainer. I don't think you work people out. That sounds weird. But physically, he takes you to the gym and he shows you stuff, right? But I think that's something important that we need to do spiritually. Take some time. Get a plan together. Get, get, find a place and be able to start practicing. Start doing these things. I think it's important. Your identity. Self-awareness. Where have I derailed? Where have I gotten off where God wanted me to be at? And where do I need to get? What's one thing I could do? Not a thousand things. Don't think about the end goal. Just one thing I can do to get closer to being back on my purpose. Then you got to figure about that purpose. Please take time to dream again. Write stuff down. Write it down. Just dream. And ultimately, all of these things, they're kind of rooted. And I believe that the answer to a lot of these things are people. Having people in your life, having real relationships. If I'm honest with you, and we say this every week, the top relationship, the first relationship that you have to have, that you got to make sure, and it's a relationship that was already established for you. It's a You don't have to go on a coffee date for this relationship. You don't have to take them to lunch. This relationship is one with Jesus. And for some of us in this place, that seems like it's something so far-fetched because when we think about Jesus, we feel like he's this God that's so far away. He's not dealing with me physically, spiritually. He's not shaping my identity. He's not helping me discover purpose or actually finding out relationships. He is. He's been walking with you so long and he will continue to walk with you. The thought is, have you opened up your heart to him? My wife said, 
you got to be open to relationships. Are you open to the relationship with Jesus? Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can 